Hello, my name is Declan Deneen. Welcome to Checkpoints. This is a show about video games, the people who play them and the people who make them. Each episode of Guest on the show talks about the games that have shaped their life in one way or another. Games that have inspired them, games that have forged connections, and games that have soothed wounds. I'm very excited to welcome my guest today, Clint Laxer, aka Half Coordinated. Now, I'm a huge fan of, of speedrunning, so it was such a thrill to finally get a, a speedrunner on the show. And, and Clint, half-coordinated, is is one of the best examples. You know, Not just because he's kind of uh, overcome this level of diversity to nevertheless excel, but he's just one of the kind of warmest, kindest, most positive uh, people in the gaming community there is. It was such a treat to talk to him. Uh, he's currently actually nominated for the Trending Gamer Awards, and you can vote for him. You can look at the Twitter profile that i've left in the description and and give him a vote because honestly he, he deserves it he's he's a real sort of brilliant ambassador for for speed running so yeah an absolute delight uh, look forward to it um if you'd like to get in touch with the show you can as always it's checkpointspodcast at gmail.com or it's at checkpoint show on twitter or it's checkpoints podcast on facebook it's very important to have consistent branding um if you really like the show, there's also a Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash checkpoints. All donations are very gratefully received and go back into making the show as good as it possibly can be. Um, as always, please do rate and review the show on iTunes if you like it. It makes such a huge difference to uh, the people who discover the show, the discoverability of the show, and just whatever kind of um, app you happen to use. Okay, uh, I'm going to keep this intro brief um, because I'm quite busy and because it's an excellent episode. But uh, big thanks, as always, for uh, listening to the show, for downloading it, for subscribing. If this happens to be your, your first episode, please do dig back into the archives. There are some amazing chats with some uh, amazing people and it's all kind of evergreen content, as it were. Um, yeah, so thanks so much for downloading. Please do subscribe, rate review on iTunes, all that good stuff. I'll be back next week, as always, with a new show and a new guest. But until then, let's get on with the show. Um, okay, well, let's um, let's do a, a formal introduction then for the sake of, uh, of ceremony. So, Clint... Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for for coming on. If you don't mind, would you introduce yourself? Yeah, certainly. Uh, So uh, my name is uh, Clint Lexa. I am uh, much better known uh, by my uh, online handle, uh, Half Coordinated. Um, I am a speedrunner, so I try to play games as uh, fast as I can. Uh, This is all sort of despite uh, having a physical disability called a hemiparesis, the lowers feeling and coordination on the entire right side of my body. Um, so I actually have to play all the games uh, one-handed, at least as far as the controls go, uh, as opposed to two. And this has also led to uh, some accessibility uh, advocacy and uh, consultation as well. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm so excited to talk to you, Clint. Um, I've not really, like most of the guests that I've had on the show so far have either either been sort of developers or 
um, people involved in the, the games press and a few outliers, like a few musicians and comedians and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But you're the first speedrunner I've had on the show, and I'm so excited <laughs> to speak to you because it's such a... Like, I remember when I first saw um, AGDQ, and it was, I don't know, maybe five years ago? And it was mm -hmm. so small and, like, just this one tiny little room, but it was still it still captured everything amazing about it. Um, and just so quickly, it's become just massive and it's genuinely one of like the highlights of my my cat my gaming calendar i suppose um, it sounds like we may have like our first uh gdq events might have been the first ones that we both watched so you said 2012 i think that was the first one i saw uh was either uh sgdq or agdq 2012 so that uh, yeah same it was super early but i don't like i don't remember watching those live i remember seeing like specific runs mm -hmm. kind of after the fact and i think it must have been like 2015 2016 was maybe the first one that i was like oh my god this is a, a thing that i can watch live amazing uh, <laughs> and now it's been that's been kind of continuing on through the through the years although you know i'm, I'm getting a bit older now like i'm mid 30s i'm not mid 30s i'm older than that but still i'm close enough to mid 30s <laughs> so i struggle to kind of find the time to like dedicate a whole weekend so I'm uh, things like the kind of the the speedrun subreddit and stuff I find invaluable to like oh my god I need to see this game and this game and um, mm -hmm. it's so good so yeah how did um, how did you sort of get interested in, in, in into that then uh, well um, I've always been sort of like a challenge type of player like I've always liked to uh, challenge myself sometimes say it was you know high scores in uh, some games uh, but uh, more of just i enjoy that rote repetition of uh practicing a game yes. and uh getting better at it and that feeling that feeling of improvement it Absolutely. feels really really good um so uh that's so speedrunning just became a natural extension of that so i remember discovering speedrunning around that uh, time again it was you know 2012 or so um, I'd probably, of course, seen other things online before that. And yeah. I think I'd been watching other runners uh, earlier than that. Um, but it wasn't until around that time that I was like, you know, I would like to try and speedrun a game. Um, but and a lot, a lot of people have very different approaches to it. Um, I'm kind of going off to the side with this. That's uh, I fine. Suppose, this, is, but... this is where we go. This is fine. <laughs> <We're> just... <laughs> but... Uh, so the first game I ever ran was Rage uh, by id Software. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, that's uh, that's an that's an odd one. It's an odd one to Although choose. Although that for is your... true for like a lot of a lot of speedrunner games, you could argue like that's a weird choice. <laughs> like... yeah, yeah, no, no, it it wasn't a great choice for me to be running because one, I was playing it on console, I was playing it on PS3, and with a, of course with a controller, and it turns out you know that game has um, strafe jumping. Um, which uh, is a technique left over from uh, Quake okay. and uh, such, where you actually turn as you jump that uh, uh, back and forth and actually makes you go basically as fast as a car. Um, right. uh, it's, uh, it's a little absurd. It wasn't very good to do on uh, co a controller, for sure. <laughs> uh, but I didn't really get super great at that, but it was a fun introduction. It hadn't really been routed before. So it was like, you know, I was the first really kind of dive into that. And that's kind of been a lot of my experience with speedrunning. So a lot of people might just go to an established game, 
learn a route uh, and uh, just kind of practice that route. I've only done that more recently, um, but I I prefer actually being there from the start and actually contributing to the route myself and figuring out new uh, new glitches, new exploits, uh, new paths. Uh, what you should the best way to try and approach yeah. the game. I I like leaving my mark on the game. <laughs> I mean that that's actually like that that's one of my I remember like that was one of the things I was most blown away by with a lot of speedrun and stuff like eight with the kind of pure physical dexterity on display a lot of times it's it's these tiny little glitches that you're like how on earth does anyone figure that out how does anyone know that if you (laughs) stand in that corner for three seconds and then jump backwards four times you end up outside of the scenery you know it's blowing my mind there's actually there's a recent um i'm sure you're familiar with this the the recent youtube series the summoning salt kind of history of speed runs um Mm -hmm. which i found amazing just in terms of like actually you know demarcating like who discovered what glitches at what point and how that improved the runs over the years and stuff um but that like where do you where do you start with something like that you know that, that that's that, that's it just seems such a daunting task to try it's, and map something out map a route uh honestly uh for me so uh, other than speaker i do work full-time at a job I'd rather not really talk much about. Um, but uh, so I don't have a ton of time to just, you know, sit down and uh, play. Not as much as I'd like, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, so a lot of it comes from thought, uh, just thinking what might possibly work from my past experience. So, you know, it's a, it's a collect it's collect, collectively built on from uh, previous uh, playthroughs of other games and figure out what works in other games and what m- might actually work with this one based on what tends to work otherwise. Uh, the first thing to usually try is try pressing multiple buttons at once. That's that's like my go-to is <laughs> press multiple just buttons Just literally just randomly like what happens if you press those together? What happens if you press these two buttons together? Uh, it doesn't always do something, but uh, often it will come. Uh, you'll come across some uh, very uh, interesting uh, sort of bugs, and then it's like, and then things like say, can I cancel this animation into something else? Uh, and what will happen if I can? Um, very recently, I've been running a game called Armed with Wings Rearmed. It's just a little indie side-scrolling action game. Okay. Um, I found there is a, a lunge attack that kind of moves very quickly forward, then suddenly stops because, you know, it's, it's just a lunge. You're just supposed to stab. Um, uh, but you can ca- cancel it with a jump. Uh, so if you cancel it with a jump, the momentum from the lunge isn't suddenly stopped and you just go flying across the screen. And uh, that actually broke the game in a lot of different ways, uh, <laughs> a lot of very fun ways. Uh, so it, you actually go fast enough that it doesn't know how to handle uh, walls, for instance, and you can <laughs> clip through them. Uh, but so it's, and, and then there's things like um, 3D games in particular for a lot of the clips is just figuring out how uh, collision tends to work with certain geometries and just because uh, you just know that from different ways that what tends to put you through a wall in a game type of deal. Uh, so it, while a lot of things are kind of specific to one game, the general process 
uh, is something that you can learn and apply to multiple games uh, as you play. And would you have like, would you have like a little notebook or like you know just a bit of paper just where you jot these things down? Like here's my discoveries. A lot of people, a lot of people keep notes uh, and very good notes at that uh, for the these things. I am a terrible, terrible note taker. <laughs> it has never been a strength back in school. Now, no, <laughs> I am uh, terrible about notes. Uh, usually if I discover something, I will try to just record it and uh, have that on video. But oh, man. Uh, it's... It's such an amazing <laughs> way to approach a game, though. Like, it's... Because mm-hmm. it must, like, transform games for you completely. Like, once you, you get to sort of a level where you're kind of a, a you know you're you're uh, you're a personality at agdq now you're one of the kind of the the mastheads i suppose if that's <laughs> if that's not making you too uncomfortable like you're one of like okay yeah here's half coordinates run like does that change how you it must change how you approach games yes uh absolutely so um uh even uh before speedrun and i think something that actually got me into uh, thinking this way about games uh, was actually uh, I was uh, I went to tournaments for Super Smash Brothers Melee for several years. I was okay. not particularly great at it. Um, uh, mostly uh, or one thing is just I'm not very good at getting another player's head and trying to predict what they do. Uh, this is something where speedrunning is very apt for me because I can just <laughs> learn the few sets of things that AI might do and then kind of just work with that. And I don't have to really uh, think on my feet yeah, I know exactly <laughs> as what I mean. much yeah. as much um, uh, or, or react to something that's just completely out of there, out of the ordinary. Um, but uh, got me thinking a lot about these different ways that you can uh, approach a game, right? Because there's a lot of stuff that was unintended in that game. Absolutely, uh, that yeah. ends up being used a ton. Um, so that was that. Even before speedrunning was sort of my introduction to trying to pick apart a game in that way. I haven't played the game really in years, but I could probably still tell you how many frames it takes for each character to get off the ground. <laughs> I, 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 I just uh, know those things now, and I can't get rid of it, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, it's. That may come in handy one day. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Someone will ask, how Someone many frames does it take for Falco to get off the ground in Super Smash Bros. Melee? And I'll say six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but it... Um, well, let's... I was trying. No, we were talking about the ways it, it changes your approach to games and stuff. It changed my approach to games. So uh, I... Generally, when I'm playing a game, I, I don't really go for just playing through it as intended, just kind of playing it. I love breaking a game, even if it's not something useful, even if the glitch is just completely useless and it's very silly and just just does unexpected weird yeah. things. I love seeing that part of the game because it gives you an idea better of how just the game works in general. And that's just fascinating to me. Um yeah. A lot of people will think these things are just random, but they all have a cause and a result, right? That there's something that causes these things to happen, 
and uh, just getting to understand that without really having programming knowledge myself, uh, it, it's a nice little window uh, into uh, how a game is actually put together. Yeah, it's, it's uh, so interesting that because like I often think about that, like the way a speedrun approaches a game is going to be very different, and they they will be kind of kind of seeing i was i mean i was going to say it's like seeing the code like like neo seeing the code in the matrix but i'm sure not a lot of i'm not sure but i I don't get the impression that a lot of speedrunners are necessarily like programmers or anything they just they see how the games are built without necessarily without seeing the code does that make sense yeah yeah it does uh and uh there it there is of course i'll say an overlap there's a lot of people in tech that are uh speedrunners uh, as well, um, uh, or rather, I should say, there are all speedrunners that happen to work uh, have tech or programmers or whatever, yeah. and can actually uh, delve a little deeper on a more technical way. Um, but uh, for me, I enjoy games the most uh, when I am kind of picking them apart. There, because let's say uh, recently I'm running a game called Hop. It came out um, a couple months ago. Um, Ironic games. Hob. H uh, as in uh, hotel, O as in Oscar, B as in Bravo. Okay. That's all. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But uh, it's it's a sort of a sort of Zelda-ish style adventure type of game. Um, uh, I I was enjoying my first playthrough. It wasn't bad, but I didn't really start to enjoy it until I found uh, uh, basically a uh, exploit with a uh, lun- again with a sword thrust attack, just like I was describing with the arm with wings. It's always the lunge. Uh, it's always the lunge. <laughs> um, but uh, it, where you cancel that with the roll, the roll will go farther and faster. And if you cancel it with a jump going off of certain ledges, you can jump farther. Um, and I hadn't, th- this is a game that already had speedruns uh, before I got into that. And it and it's like, yep, this just gets used a bunch in those. And I found it on my own, and it made the rest of that play- first playthrough much more enjoyable for me. So <laughs> messing with that scene, can I jump there? Or, you know, what what can I do with that? And if I hadn't discovered that, I probably wouldn't have looked into speedruns. And uh, now I'm 58 seconds off record uh, for that <laughs> game. <laughs> we'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah. I'm sure you will. Um, well, let's... Uh... <laughs> Let's meander back then. Let's see where this all sort of started. And uh, Clint, if you can remember, what was your very first experience of a video game? My very first experience of a video game. I don't think I can remember, like, for sure what was first. Okay. It's very likely that it was Mario, just the first Mario, Super Mario Brothers 1. Um, uh, But I also, other than... Uh, basic Nintendo games. I played... uh, My father was actually a programmer, and he had a DOS computer, and he played a a good variety of uh, DOS games, like, say, the original Duke Nukem, and uh, the... Let's see. uh, Commander Keen, and... Oh, darn. uh, Cosmo, I think it was... uh, Okay. Name? I don't know if you're familiar much with. Those I don't games. know Cosmo. I, I Duke Nukem and Commander Keen, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cosmo was like this alien that had like 
sucker hands so he could cling on walls and climb okay. up those and such um, <laughs> and was and, this like a, a family thing like have you got brothers and sisters or would you and your dad I, play together uh yeah my dad sure yeah and uh, also my uh i have an older brother uh, jason he's a we uh are very good uh co-op partners i'd say in okay. games in general so uh it was a uh, it was good to have him there uh, to play when we were growing up. Yeah, I can't really say what was my very first experience because it was, I can guarantee it was before I had the ability to really form long-lasting memories. Yeah. <laughs> but was it like, was it, um, did it feel like, okay, here's this amazing new thing or was it just like, oh, video games are always here and they're always something that I love? that this latter sounds more accurate um i it's a bit of an odd thing too because i guess like say the particularly the dos games i wasn't going to be very good at them right because the control schemes of those are on a keyboard i'm not going to be good at that that basically requires two hands to do well right um so i kind of just you know would move around with the arrow keys and it was a and and we'll either like say I would just put my right hand and have it hold down like one direction and then press the jump button over on the side or something. It wasn't very uh, adaptable. <laughs> so if you had if you had this sort of the condition, I, I forget the name of it. I apologize. The... Uh, it's fine. Uh, hemoparesis. Hemoparesis. Uh, have you had that since since birth then? Yes. Um, so I most likely had a uh, stroke while I was uh, still uh, in the womb. Uh, oh, so sometime before birth, uh, which it's good that happened earlier uh, because that kind of helped lessen uh, some of the effects. So I have the left hand and the uh, left side of my body that just works perfectly fine. And then I can compare it to the right side where, say, for example, my thumb and my... Uh, index finger both move together and the other three fingers move together they they can't yeah you described it like you, like you're wearing a mitten basically yes That's the sensation. yes uh, as far as a hand as far as the hand goes yeah uh, just imagine you're wearing a mitten at all times uh without the warmth uh, so <laughs> so none of the benefits of the mitten just 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 uh just the lessened use so like say textures and such are much less fine they're kind of Rather, I would say that they're more finer because I can't really feel like the coarseness of yeah, say, yeah. something, so things like that, uh, nearly as well. Um, but that didn't put you off, though. Like, I mean, obviously, you said there were limitations with the DOS games, but it didn't yeah. kind of. I don't know. Like, I that I I feel like that could frustrate people to the point where, like, I don't want to play these anymore because this just annoying me. But clearly, that didn't happen for you. Oh. Well, uh, God mode cheats were helpful. Uh, there were a lot of those back in the day. Uh, so, so things like that definitely helped. Like I remember... Always hacking the game. Always hacking the game. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. I remember playing Commander Keen definitely always used uh, like God mode. And uh, I never got very far in a lot of the games, like, say, Wolfenstein, which I probably shouldn't have been playing at the age <laughs> I did. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's, it was still enjoyable uh, to just uh, play them. Uh but I definitely played more on the consoles. So uh, 
had uh, NES, of course, as mentioned, because Mario. I'm pretty sure um, everybody in America I, is given an NES. This is a running theme on the show. Every American I speak to, like, <laughs> it just seems to be that everyone it was delivered at some point in their youth. <laughs> just everyone has them. It's, oh, it's insane. You have a, yeah, they just, their families just learns, oh, you have a child? <laughs> yeah, Here's therefore, your free it's NES. your free Nintendo. They're just in, in the hospital. They just give you one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's... Uh, so, you know, I played Mario, uh, uh, Ninja uh, Gaiden, which, of course, I never got far in Ninja Gaiden. It was Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> um, and uh, another uh, Nintendo game that I absolutely loved was uh, Jackal. I don't know if uh, you're familiar with that I don't think I am, though. No, I imagine it's some sort of platformer. It is not. Oh, it's um, not? It is oh. a uh, top-down game where you play as a Jeep. And uh, it's, it's quite... Uh, uh, in fact, look up the uh, uh, SGDQ run uh, from uh, this year, and you'll get a good a good idea of what the game is. Uh, okay. It's a really uh, fun game. Uh, it's just uh, you drive around as a Jeep. You have a gun that always shoots upward, right? You have a machine gun always shoots upward, and you have a grenade that can you can throw in eight directions. Which as you as you rescue. Uh, I uh, guess prisoners of war or whatever, uh, they uh, they'll upgrade your uh, uh, grenade to like a rocket, and then that rocket will have uh, explosions that shoot out to the sides or up and down. And it it uh, it was it, it sounds much darker probably <laughs> from what I'm describing, but it's a very upbeat game with very charming music. Yeah, that sounds um, so good. Yes. Um, uh, so it's interesting that I, I, I've noticed this. You, there is a lot of um, in, particularly in in the, the GDQ events, like of eight bit and sixteen bit games. And oftentimes, like I'm like as I said, like I'm I'm thirty six, and I mm-hmm. look at these speedrunners, and like I'm I'm thinking, you weren't alive when this game came out. <laughs> like this, how, how why are you playing like Ducktales on the NES? Like I, I played that when I was a kid. It was really hard. I just it blows my mind. Cases, yeah, in some cases, you might be underestimating the age. Okay, uh, maybe. Are, uh, well, it is. Uh, you're correct. Overall, a uh, hobby uh, taken up by uh, somewhat younger individuals. Uh, there, there are yeah. Well, yes, uh, but there are definitely uh, a good number of uh people uh in their uh 30s and such uh that uh still uh, participate in the hobby um uh it's so but do, uh, do, you, do, can't do you think there's a reason why is it just that, that the games are kind of more simplistic and therefore kind of it's easier to find the exploits within them well uh it takes time to find exploits too as well um okay. so the games have been out longer they've been more figured out um, a lot of uh, speedrunners say even if they were, are still younger, that might be something where you know they have that nostalgia attached to the game. Because if you're going to speedrun something, it should be something that you just love, yeah. uh, something that you can bear to play over and over. I often recommend pick something with good music because you're going to hear that music <laughs> a lot. Um, but the general recommendation is just pick a game that you love and you would not mind playing over and over. Um, that's not always going to be the case for a um, game, a good sp- speed game for you. Um, 
but it's a good uh, place to start though it's a good place to start try and look into that um because after other than uh, you know these nes games i was i would say the genesis was more formative to me than uh the uh, nes was um, was that like your console or was it just a family thing again like or were you kind of petitioning family's for it? console i mean but it was it was, it was shared between uh my older brother and myself okay so okay we, we, it was a shared uh gift on christmas uh that we uh got um and uh while sure of course i played sonic and all of that the um game that i would say most really formed my taste in games was gunstar heroes oh such a good game it is such a good game such an intense game so much visual flavor yeah absolutely <laughs> to, to the game just totally love. holds up as well like still yes. brilliant absolutely it's just still one of my favorite games to this day uh just an absolutely beautiful and intense game and you know, the controls are great uh it's really well balanced uh, but part of the reason I bring that up too is I would never want to speed run uh, Gunstar Heroes, uh, partially because of like the strategy that has to be used, uh, as you would use the tracer ability and the fire ability combination. Which, if you're unfamiliar with the game, uh, just as a short description for those listening, um, there are multiple. Uh, it's a run and gun game similar to Contra, but I like to describe it sort of as like combining Contra and Kirby. Uh, because that is an excellent description. Yes, because you get uh, multiple uh, different uh, abilities for your gun. There's a uh, tracer, which sort of, of course, traces or locks on enemies. It's just green level arrows. There's la- a laser, which is just a blue simple laser. Fire, which is just a short range flamethrower. Um, uh, force, which I don't even know how to describe that other than just like a ray of energy balls. Yeah, but... I can't think of a better description. <laughs> Ray of energy balls but, pretty much covers it. Yeah, but uh, the, the point here is that you combine two of those at once, um, right? So my favorite, uh, well, gr- growing up, I mostly used like either double tracer and uh, or laser tracer. And I would play as the character that could run and shoot at the same time, but didn't, couldn't shoot as many angles. So free shot. Um, and my brother would play fixed shot and uh, usually use like, double force uh and or uh double fire things like that of course uh, yeah that's an amazing co-op game as well oh yes absolutely um but uh, uh later on i started playing fixed shot as well just cause there's a lot of advantages to being able to shoot in eight directions instead of six yeah um but uh the speed run they actually have to use a uh, tracer fire which is one where you can control, uh, uh, basically, the f- you shoot out the fire and then you move it around the screen with your uh, with the D-pad. And what you'll do is you'll put it on top of a boss and then you'll rapidly rotate in a circle with the D-pad, uh, keeping it on top of the boss. And that would just kill my thumb. Just, no, <laughs> don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Um, uh so things like that. So sure, it's one of my fa- top games of all time, but I'm never going to speak. <laughs> I mean, that that seems as well. That seems like a, a relatively obscure game. Like it's very fondly remembered, but it wasn't like a big hit at the time. So how did you come upon it? Like, were you 
like building friendship groups at school? Did you read magazines? Like, how did that come into your life? I think we originally just rented it because we rented a lot of games yeah. uh, from, say, block, the local Blockbuster and such. Um, and then we eventually bought the game after that. Um, and I think it, that, but that game really shows a lot in my taste of games. Yes. There's uh, speedruns I'm often known for. So the indie games, maybe not so much because I, I run multiple, uh, so, lots of indie games. But other than that, my main speedruns of choice have been Platinum Games titles. And Platinum titles and Treasure, the developer of uh, Gunstar Heroes, there's a very big parallel, definitely, uh, between the two. Uh, I often kind of describe Platinum as the... Uh, modern or contemporary treasure oh absolutely uh, yeah if they have that that touch that flash uh that uh, a lot of and polish that uh you don't really see and that there in- there are i think it feels like they're, they're aware of that i mean there are there are sections particularly in in near that are, are so reminiscent of ikaruga like in terms of just <laughs> like the visual style of them both it's just it's uncanny mm-hmm and the bullets and the way everything looks like it i feel like that must have been a sort of conscious nod on their part probably most likely uh i can't imagine it'd be hard to imagine them as an overall group not being a fan of uh treasures work. absolutely <laughs> so so like as you were sort of growing up and playing games like how did you kind of um sort of develop a kind of a way of playing like with, with your condition like was that just trial and error yeah, so um, that's uh, an interesting thing to cover as well. So, say with uh, the older controllers, uh, Nintendo and uh, Genesis and such, um, there wasn't really a good way for me to play one-handed. You can, um, but these are also something that no one was really going to teach me how to do, right? Yeah. So you just have to figure it out on your own. I, I played those two-handed. Um, my I just pressed the wrong button. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that's how that worked. I, I pushed the wrong buttons pretty often, especially on Genesis, because the buttons, uh, Gen- or Mega Drive, I would, I would suppose you would have it more familiar. That's fine. I, I'm, but, I'm bilingual. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, where the buttons are right next to each other, right? They're just yeah. like, they're touching each other actually, and it's just so uh, I would often uh, push the wrong thing. I can't tell you how many times in. Um, Oh, let's see. In uh, Gunstar Heroes, where I would accidentally deactivate one of my uh, uh, power-ups, because uh, <laughs> that was what one of the buttons did. It would kind of scroll between having both of your uh, power-ups active, or one active and then the other active. And uh, I suppose that helps with um, yeah. with with patience, though. <laughs> like you know, oh, for, yeah. for for a speedrunner, that 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 <laughs> requires a lot of patience. So you've you've developed this from a very young age, clearly. Yes. Uh, so certainly. Um, but uh, and then uh, there was the N64 where that's really built for three hands. So yes. I was kind of out of luck uh, there in a, a lot of senses. Um, that's really interesting, uh, though. But, so that must have been like with each console. Like I never even thought of that before. Every new console, you're kind of you must be thinking like, right, how is this going to work for me? Oh like, yeah. And sometimes I, it doesn't, I guess. And that so must be I, terrible. So what's funny is I thought the N64 controller was amazing for me, right? I thought it was so good, uh, partially because I was able to move the control stick and it had like the 
Z button on the back. I yes, could use yes. those like super easily together. And then A and B, it's that they were kind of spaced decently far apart from each other. So I could mostly kind of press those. The C buttons weren't used a whole lot in most of the games. Um, it's so uh, it, it I thought that was really good for me, right? I thought that was fantastic. I was wrong, uh, <laughs> but I thought it was fantastic. And then I looked at, uh, you know, so the when the PS2 and things like that, and it's that's uh, when you're trying trying to figure out how to play that. It's it it looked very intimidating, right? Because um, there's a lot of buttons yeah. uh, that you're expected to be pressed all at once. N64 kind of you either try they either expected you to be using the control stick and some of the face buttons or like the D-pad and some of the face buttons, but never all at once. So it kind of sectioned it off between whatever type of game you were playing. So that yeah. made it probably a little less intimidating for me to approach. But looking at the PS2 controller, it's like, how am I going to really press all of these? But you actually, like, the, the thing that's kind of surprising me about this is that you you actually, you, you got the console and you're like, I'll figure it out. Like, I'm not, this seems quite complicated, but I'll well, figure it, it out. It's kind of interesting because I remember uh, I was originally not going to ask for that. For It was a birthday gift for, okay. for me specifically. So this was like the N64 and the uh, um, PS2 is pretty much uh, where it started just being mine. Right. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a shared console uh, at that point. Um I mean, my brother still played, of course, but uh, they, they were my systems at that point. Uh, but uh, I was really asking for, like, some remote control, like, battle robot toys or something that year. And they were like, would you like a PS2 instead? And it's like, yes. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had probably already bought it. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, so they got they got me a PS2. And... Uh, uh, it's again while it was uh, an intimidating looking controller i ended up kind of just you know putting my whole hand over the thing and it works um you know uh and uh the controller format has been very similar to that since then yeah that's kind of become uh, the kind of new standard i suppose yes. so uh so that's actually worked out very well for me that they've found that standard and kind of stuck with that sort of shape um but you think here yeah so uh i guess i should describe how i use a controller yeah do yeah so um, i mean people should i mean i'm sure people will be familiar with you and if not they should absolutely watch some of your speedruns because they're amazing but yeah <laughs> thank you for the sake of but, completeness let's let's yes. discuss that so, so so my right hand typically holds the controller still just holds the handle on the right side uh it's not required but it helps um and then uh, my left hand i will put my palm over the left control stick and uh, my thumb will move the right control stick and the face button so that's one small advantage i have is that i can do both of those at once because uh, the right control stick sort of cradles inside of the thumb there um and uh then my uh, index and um, middle finger will uh, handle the uh, trigger and uh, well shoulder button and trigger on the right side and uh, ring and uh, pinky will handle shoulder button and trigger on the uh, left side sort of depending on what exactly is happening at that moment uh, d-pad is 
one thing that I have a little more difficulty with. I often reach it back over with my thumb. Okay, uh, okay. And I have to use that. Um, so this has worked out like amazingly for me, right? Because I can do everything all at once. I can reach the all the buttons on the controller at the same time. Uh, and this is part of why you see my speedruns. It's newer games uh, that I run. Yeah. Um, uh, part of that, uh, other than that, is just because I feel like there's a lot of collective lessons that uh, games have learned that kind of help make the uh, newer games shine uh, that uh, you don't really see in older titles. But a lot of it is just I can plug in this controller that I know I, I like to use and I can just play with that uh, right away there. Um, I think Xbox 360 was when it it sort of it just became like no you can remap the buttons however you want it's fine in kind of everything because you could kind of do it at the console level I think as opposed to like in game maybe I'm well, console level that. that did not start until uh, Xbox One and uh, PS4 okay okay <laughs> yeah I, I'm so clearly that, not following this as closely the, as you might they, be, so. uh, I I would de- you know no, that affects me a little bit uh, more I think so. But uh, it's, uh, and I would say it's actually more rare than you're probably thinking to be able to remap the buttons because I often have had to, uh, you know, and still today there's a lot of games that don't. It should be something that is just standard. Just, yeah, now. I don't understand. Um, like... it, it, the problem is, is that uh, as with most accessibility issues, is if you think about it too late, it's going to take a lot of effort to go back and put it in. Uh, to your game. If you think about it from the start, a lot of these features uh, and you build it that way, um, with that in mind, it doesn't take a whole lot more um, to say this, because uh, if you build your, your game saying that X is always confirm or, or well, A, or if depending on what you know controller it is, if that button is always confirm or jump, uh, and then you try and go back and say, oh, it can be any button. It's going to be a lot harder to program that. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you think, you know, just uh, this variable is is jump uh, and, you know, that have that be a thing that, that, that becomes much easier. to. Do you feel like that's getting better, though? Yes, it is getting better. And Good. a lot of uh, companies are paying more attention to that. But there's still a lot of cases where it's just like this is your control scheme. This is what you work with. Um, has there ever been a like is uh, are there games that kind of you've always wanted to play but have just never been able to figure out a way of playing them hmm. that is a good question because i know the answer is yes but i can't think of a specific example off the top of my head of, oh that must be so brutal like, um sometimes it's uh, different things of where like i have to use a controller right um instead of a mouse and keyboard so games that would pretty much require mouse and keyboard i can't really do those um and then sometimes there are like say bastion is an excellent game right i haven't even done a single playthrough of it because i've i'm familiar with the speedrun and the speedrun requires that you use a mouse because with the mouse the uh, roll goes farther and faster with mouse mouse movement compared to uh controller movement for some odd reason you can do that um so it would be sort of required 
to do that. Uh, well, well, I mean, it wouldn't be. That's just you and your speedrunner's brain thinking, well, if I yes, can't beat speed... it and destroy it, therefore I'm not yeah, going to yeah, play yeah. it. So I wouldn't have as much fun with it. That's uh, fair uh, enough. That's fair enough. I, I, I would. I, it's something I. I, I it's. It, I don't like being told that, hey, you can't do it this way. Oh, excellent example. Now is very recent example now is uh, uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah, so uh, that game has a lot of uh, things that require motion control. Um, and that's not going to be good for me sitting holding a controller on my lap um, and uh, pressing the buttons that way. <laughs> Uh, now I haven't actually uh, tried to play it myself, but there's a l- multiple things uh, that are particularly used in a speedrun sort of fashion uh, that require motion controls and don't have an alternative. Um, and a lot of the alternatives they do have for things are things that take a while or just are kind of cumbersome in the first place. Um, like say Mario can throw Cappy and have it spin around him. Uh, to yeah, do yeah, that yeah. without motion control, you have to uh, have Mario be spinning already, like Mario spinning himself, and then throw Cappy, which you have to like run in a circle for like a second to actually have that activated. Um, but there are other things, like say the I believe the rolling ability, you kind of just roll forward, which goes faster than running. Yeah. Um, that is only I believe that's only. Ca- possible with um motion control as well i mean i've, I've not played it either but i, I mean i have heard that I, I heard all this when it came out that people were kind of frustrated that there were a few bits that because you that means as well if you're playing on like the the screen i don't know how to describe mm-hmm. that then you can't yeah. do certain moves and stuff yeah uh, or you're just shaking the whole console <laughs> yeah. itself yeah uh, which isn't great either for trying to pay attention to what <laughs> no, you're doing. it's not ideal it's but not it, ideal. it just seems really uh you know shoehorned in and it's something where uh, Nintendo is really behind on a lot of accessibility uh, features. Um, and they just try and kind of work around uh, around them instead of with them. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's, it's a shame because uh, the Switch itself, its design, could be amazing for accessibility because it already has, you know, so many different controllers, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it could work for so many different possible needs. Uh, physical needs that someone might have if they would actually let someone do it um because uh, they received some praise for things like say in mario kart uh they have the uh, auto accelerate yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Option. um but that wouldn't even really be needed if they just let you remap the controls so that you could have accelerate on the same side as the uh, control stick on the like a shoulder button on the left side it wouldn't even be needed so it's it that is i'm so disappointed in nintendo and they're usually so good (laughs) (laughs) it's such a strange sensation to have to be disappointed with nintendo welcome to my life (laughs) um uh it's uh something where i they've repeatedly kind of let me down since the wii uh in that way oh man Um, yeah so it's a lot of their games i've not i haven't really uh gone into uh since then i did play like say the super mario galaxy games with the most uncomfortable grip you can imagine um but, but uh that was that was definitely something really i held the uh, I held, their art i held the uh nunchuck and the uh wiimote next to each other 
and like my thumb pressed the A button, my pointer finger or index moved the control stick, and then see, I think uh, my middle finger pressed uh, B or no wait Z on the <laughs> nunchuck, and uh, my ring finger pressed B B on the back of the Wiimote. The, they could easily just like like pop because you're holding them together. You know what I mean? And just like pop out of your hand. <laughs> what I did, I think, I think I had the um, strap, the wrist strap for it, tied to my left hand, even though it was uh, being <laughs> held by my right, and that kind oh, of man. Just helped it kind of stay together. That's blowing my mind. I, I remember trying to play another game uh, that just ended up not being worth it for me because it was a Platinum Games title. Uh, Mad World on the Wii. And what I tried to do there, because that one, unlike um, uh, the Galaxy games, it required like alternating sort of shaking, right? Shaking up and down. Yeah. Uh, what I ended up doing was, uh, I think, I forget which one it was. Let me think here. I think it was probably the um, Nunchuck. It was either the Nunchuck or the Wiimote. But I strapped one of them to my knee with a belt. <laughs> and uh, that one just, yeah, shook one and kind of uh, wiggled my leg for the other. And I didn't get through the full game like this. I, I just, it just became not worth uh, the uh, effort. That's so. full performance art. Uh, Speaking of there, that, that'd be amazing. So, it, so no, Nintendo's definitely a Not good ideal. of that original question i'm gonna i'm gonna take a, a brief aside clint and ask you some relatively quick fire questions if that's okay 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 so um if you had to play a, a game with death for your own mortal soul uh, what game are you best at what game am i best at yeah okay. like bill and ted's bogus journey seven seal style you, have you know, one that's game a, that's a really hard question to ask someone that uh, speedruns. I know, games, I know it is. Right? Yeah, so I'm um, excited. But uh, so I don't even have like the record in the category that, that I mainly ran, but I would probably say the game that I'm best at is Momodora Reverend of the Moonlight. Uh, but it's what I ran at um, uh, SGDQ 2016. Um, it, and I run on a difficulty called Insane Difficulty. Um, I should probably explain first that it's a sort of a Metroidvania uh, sort of game um, with uh, a lot of, and I know people are tired of this, but with a lot of Dark Souls influence. Okay. Uh, and it's very blatant. The, uh, the developer is a friend of mine. He, he absolutely loves Dark Souls. So it's not like I'm just making that connection on my own. <laughs> Uh, here, I'm, it's not saying it's the Dark Souls of blank. It's there's a lot of the um, uh, aesthetics, yeah, 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 that. and uh, just how you're very deterministic in your uh, uh, movements, your attacks. So it has cancelable frames, but you know they're they're late in the animation. But it's a side-scrolling Metroid Metroidvania, very very cute uh, uh, sprites. You can turn into a kitty cat eventually, which is adorable. Yes. So it has a difficulty called Insane Difficulty where you die in one hit from anything. Absolutely anything. And that's the main category I ran. Um, so I would say that's even though, sure, like if I picked it up right now, I probably wouldn't be doing so great. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's probably the game overall 
that I am uh, best at. Um, so. Well, the next one, I, I feel like this is probably um, null and void, but like, are you, are you a competitive games player? Do you get caught in high score battles and things? Well, I mean, of course. Uh, it- Yes and no, though, um, because for speedrunning for me, it's more about me in the game than it is about me versus a score. Like, sure, I get excited about the prospect of getting a record or climbing up a little leaderboard, but uh, it's more about just improving myself. Because um, I don't feel so. I guess yes, I'm competitive, but not in a direct sense that a lot of people. Uh, generally uh think of that's that's really interesting so it's not you don't i mean i suppose you need the kind of the the records and things as something to aim for because otherwise like how would you know that you completely defeated the game i suppose or you know run the most (laughs) out of it You, you could be doing that forever um but it is just like so you're saying you're playing it more for the sense of mastery than the the kind of triumph of winning Yes, uh, overall, I would say there's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay, okay, but, uh, okay. But it's not something where I'm like, yeah, I beat that person, right? It's not so much about like a direct competition, like say yeah. you would see see in a fighting game more of. It's uh, it's more of like I beat their time. Uh, like say if I mentioned I'm like a little bit under the record minute off the record for Hob. The runner that has the record, he's been like a four minutes ahead of his time and like lost the run to some tricks and things. Uh, so it's like, sure, I can beat that run. But if I were to beat that run, I would basically be asking him to take the record back from me because I don't feel like I deserve it yet. But <laughs> <laughs> so it, 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 it's a more of a community thing. I'm sorry. These are long answers for your. No, quick no, no. Fire this is questions. this is fine. This is fine. They're never <laughs> they're never short. So I should change the title. Um, <laughs> like I I wonder about this actually because of kind of the, the I mentioned earlier like how patient you kind of you must have to be to do sort of speed running things. Like if you are prone to such things, Clint, what is your worst rage quit? Because I I've built sort of a reputation of just not getting very angry yeah no you are the most optimistic lovely (laughs) like it's i feel like it'd have to be something really nefarious to make you rage quit yeah hmm i don't know if it was because uh because there's different sort of mental definitions of rage quit too right it's like did you like have to storm off or like yeah 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 or to just decide no i'm not going to play this anymore um if it's no i'm just decide not to play it anymore it's it was probably like mad world or something like that as i mentioned before because it just wasn't worth me strapping a controller to my leg with the belt <laughs> and shaking my leg around i wanted to play it but it just wasn't it wasn't worth it in the end oh um, um yeah has there ever been have you have you ever had a game that's kind of um consumed your life to the point where you've had to be like i need to uninstall this this is taken over i don't think i've ever uninstalled them but uh that's actually a good description of how i tend to play games okay because right? <laughs> uh, that i there are a lot of speedrunners that will focus on uh so there's multiple different 
ways people speedrun. Um, there are people that uh, tend to focus on a lot of different games. They don't really tend to go for uh, mastery of a single one um, and uh, just kind of bounce around all the time. And, you know, that's actually sounds like a lot of fun. And then there are people that will um, uh, just focus on one game exclusively. And those are the ones I think you usually see, like, in the big news stories. Like, yeah. You know, beating the original Mario record, Darby and doing that, and Cheese getting Mario 64, things like that. And those cases, often, you know, they'll just focus on that game for a long, long period of time. Uh, what I tend to do is I will play a single game for a long period of time and just play the heck out of it, and then I'll move on to another game. And then I'll barely play that, that previous game. Uh I might not have the absolute best time or even have it super optimal, but I've sort of just like I'm kind of done uh, for now and maybe I'll go back to it eventually. Uh, but um, games that have consumed my life. Uh, I mentioned I went to Super Smash Brothers tournaments for several years. So uh, that was that was definitely one that did. Uh, one that might be more surprising for you would be Castle Crashers. Oh, really? Yes, I've beat insane difficulty with every single character uh, for that game and uh, a lot of things beyond. There's a little more depth to that game than you would probably think. Um, you can do a lot of fairly neat juggles uh, with the enemies there. Uh, but uh, And I could tell you weird th- so much about the AI. Basically, we could do a whole podcast show <laughs> about that. I- I've played that, like, I'm certain over a thousand hours um that's amazing but uh and i am going to come back to that actually i'm going to come back to that because that's an that's an interesting area i think but um (laughs) just to kind of close out this bit i guess like do you have a game that's um that you go to is like your your chicken soup game you know like a game you go to for comfort a game that just basically feels right to play i'm guessing yeah like something soothing or like a like a warm blanket game vanquish Okay, good. <laughs> it's not quite what you'd imagine, but uh, I see why. No, no, no Vanquish. Uh, the, uh, playing Vanquish, uh, I mean, it was like, I would say it was the first speedrun that I really, really sunk my teeth into, right? Um, and so I played that game a whole lot. And even though I don't play it a lot now, um, every time I pick it up and I'm just playing it and I'm sliding everywhere... The controls always feel right. It just feels good to be playing the game. Like it's like, oh, I don't need to change anything about you. You're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a beautiful sentiment. <laughs> it is such a good game, though. It's such a it good is. game. It is. Oh man, I love Platinum so much. Um, mm-hmm. it, oh, th- this kind of like a slightly different kind of area. Like, given kind of you know games potentially can kind of evoke all kinds of emotions in people but one of the the rarest i find is is laughter so clint what games have really made you laugh oh uh let's see um i would say robot alchemic drive okay uh, on the ps2 that is one of my favorite games i don't know if you've heard of that one i have not heard Uh, of that one either i apologize um okay Uh, have you heard of the um earth defense force oh yes 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 so this this is what they made before that. Uh, oh, okay, that okay. Uh, 
it is a third person third person game uh you play as a um heir to a um basically a earth sort of defense-ish kind of company that makes a giant robot uh to defend from an alien attack um which is controlled remotely with a controller that looks a lot like a ps2 controller um but uh, you kind of have little jet boots and you run around the city and you'll uh, kind of get a good vantage point, right? And then you'll press the select button and you'll switch to first person view of the person. You'll be looking directly at your robot. So you actually play as your own camera. That sounds amazing. And then you move the robot and the robot controls are very uh, sim-like. So like say the shoulder buttons... The left shoulder buttons control the left leg, and the right shoulder buttons control the right okay, leg. Okay, okay. And and the f- fists or con- or hands or control or arms with controlled with control sticks. So like to do a uppercut, you would pull back on the control stick and then sort of rotate it forward uh, inside. How on earth have I never heard of this so, game? I'm just looking so it, at screenshots. It looks incredible. It's it's an incredible game, and it also has absolutely hilarious voice acting. Uh, <laughs> just. Um, bad in that very very good way um it's in that way that they they were they were trying their best like that's the thing that you know you see a lot of stuff now where it's kind of intentionally bad it's like no that's no good like you you need people to be trying their best and still making (laughs) a a bit of a ham-fisted effort that's why the original room is so good because tommy wiseau (laughs) really thinks he's making the greatest movie ever that's why it's brilliant Oh, exactly. That, that hint of tragedy in, in, in amongst it. But uh, <laughs> the, there is a, a reporter in that game named Mika Banhara. And uh, <laughs> she uh, reports in just a glorious, glorious way, just uh, constantly flipping between, oh, no, we're doomed, and no, oh, no, we're saved. And, it's just, <laughs> and, and then there's the scientist that actually builds your robot who has a very fake German accent and just loves the phrase, now you try. It's, it's good it makes me laugh every time You're it's not really, really painting so far... a picture with words here this is beautiful yes yes it's a game i wish i could really speed run i've done like two runs of it i guess with a timer i wouldn't call them really speed runs but it's like six and a half hours for <laughs> it's really long oh but, my goodness uh, it's also the the acronym is rad which is yes. just the icing on the cake Yes, and they, they, they embraced that. So. <laughs> the Japanese name is even weirder. I can't even know the whole thing. It's like Gigantic Drive, and there's some like really long subtitle that's really religious for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Oh, man, that's so good. Um, <laughs> well, let, let's go back into like the, the, the speedrunning stuff then. So, mm-hmm. like, actually, no, this is, the, this is the question I wanted to come back to, um, because you would say in... You know, you could tell me we could do a whole episode about the AI of Castle Crashers, for instance, um, <laughs> and that you were you were friends with the the developer of um, Momodora. Like, mm-hmm. is that something that's kind of like how do how do you build this relationship with developers? Like, because I'm sure they're fascinated by speedrunners because they're kind of exploiting things in their game that they perhaps didn't already know so are these sort of relationships that you've developed through you know becoming kind of a a known figure in the speedrunner community mm-hmm. no that that's kind of an interesting thing how that sort of develops if we use momodora as an example specifically when that game was uh in development uh still uh 
they had a Patreon running, right? And you could have access to like alpha builds of okay. the game uh, by uh, being a backer on that. And it was just like you had to only contribute like a dollar or something. So, I, and uh, so it wasn't a very costly thing to have to do. Yeah. And uh, I was playing around on the insane difficulty on that, just kind of messing around. And I sent uh, a video of me playing the game on insane on what was uh, then like the hardest boss fight um with not without any power-ups or anything and just uh you're showing doing off basically it, show, doing it <laughs> one-handed as well of course i had the hand cam for that and you know that they, they're very impressed and uh yeah i ended up doing a little bit of actual sort of testing uh with him as well and uh, it's just kind of became friends with uh rdn uh, yeah, because it, it's such a unique insight into a game, like especially at that stage, I imagine as well, like when they're kind of developing it. Yeah, uh, so uh, it's a lot of that sort of extended out through that sort of thing. Um, say, um, there's a game in development now called Way of the Passive Fist uh, that uh, I'm actually I was the accessibility and still sort of am the accessibility consultant. Oh, cool. Uh, for so try and help them make it as accessible as possible and doing some testing. In fact, I'm going to be doing some testing for that this weekend. <laughs> Sometime. That's, uh, that's so good to hear, though, that that's a thing that, you know, people are, are, are reaching out for, I suppose, you know? Yes. As yes. opposed to uh, just not thinking about it. Yes. So uh, it's, uh, I mean, their, their head, um, Jason uh, Kanam, uh, he, uh, you know, he used to work at um, Drinkbox, who did on Guacamelee and things like that. Um, started his own thing, and uh, so you know, he he reached out to me uh, for that at the start of the project when it was still kind of being drafted up. Uh, so again, as we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, if you start with accessibility, like right from the start, it's actually not a huge thing for most stuff there's still a lot of work that has to be done but it's not nearly as much if you yeah. do it right at the start and keep it in mind uh, all the way through um uh, so that's one thing that uh, i've been trying to uh, push as well uh with that and uh you know some some games um iconoclast which is in development and should be coming out sometime soonish uh, I did testing for that. That was that's that so great, absolutely beautiful game. I didn't really do accessibility consultation for that because the game has already been in development for years, years now. So it's it's basically it's too far gone for most <laughs> things. Uh, uh, accessibility concerns, uh, but an absolutely beautiful game. I was so enveloped in that storyline more than any other game I've ever played, actually. Um, even though I was reporting bugs the whole way I was going. Um, <laughs> That's so interesting. So, it, And that was actually, I got into that because I, or I believe how I sort of got into that was uh, because of, uh, you know, being known through the GDQ runs uh, that I've done. And uh, from, uh, I think, uh, Cognac and uh, Ardian are sort of friends. And so, like, they sort of followed me on Twitter, and there was just one time where Kondak said, oh, if only I had more people you know, that I could trust to test my game. It's like, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> and that's that's how I got into that one. You know? Has that been quite a big thing then, like in terms of um, 
the the kind of because the community of, of speedrunning it does seem to be like as you mentioned it's not it doesn't seem to be very cutthroat and you know like aggressively posturing mm-hmm. like say the fighting game community would be it's not as as uh combative i suppose like has that like did you already have kind of a a friendship group built around games or did kind of getting into speedrunning change that or like grow it i mean obviously it has but um it's it's kind of, it's both grown and isolated uh, at the same time so uh speedrunning uh games it becomes one i mean it's I'm primarily just play single player games now, right? So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not really doing uh, much that's uh, really uh, with uh, a lot of other people. Um, and then it changes just how you play a game so much. Uh, and what's the sort of games I am playing? It's like, I'm again, I'm mostly playing uh, indie games that are often just no one really knows what these games are and uh or it's uh or uh platinum titles which are still kind of well they're popular and large they're often very fairly niche in their own absolutely right. yeah um so uh just trying to discuss that with like people in my own sort of space where i live it's kind of hard yeah <laughs> i yeah. really have that but but there is a wonderful community of people that will uh, it, uh, particularly online and at these events that are so supportive and uh there's uh, there's a lot of love within the speedrunning community itself and that's something i really do uh try to point out especially because you know watching gdqs you've watched them you've seen the chat the chat is not great um for, but for that's these I, Once, I i feel like uh, that's just like uh that's a that's almost like a, pop, a badge of popularity you know like once you start getting really gross chat that means you've kind of hit a level of popularity where just a lot of uh, idiots tend well, to join it, in it's more of just once uh, twitch chat hits a critical mass of exactly numbers, yeah exactly it, 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 it becomes something that is not you can't really control it i mean um, you say course, i've you, seen the chat but like i haven't because i always yeah. turn off the chat because okay i have no interest in that side of it i suppose well well there you go okay but uh, still, um, it can, that that can end up being somewhat toxic. But the people that uh, actually go to these events and then support the streamers uh, afterwards, you know, on their own personal streams, yeah, those are a much better example of the actual community of speedrunning, uh, and uh, they are often very supportive. Uh, and you know, you want if you want to learn their game that they're running, you know, you just go to the whatever discord for the game and people often do just be very open on helping you or if you're streaming the game that they're running you, you know they might watch you and help you improve and uh, help you figure out how something actually works as you learn it uh, it's a very open uh, community because it's more about uh, just pushing the game as far as we can than it is as much about an individual and it's not something like we can really hide strategies too much right exactly yeah you, you have to record game. your run people yeah. are going to see it um so it, it, that doing that becomes kind of pointless uh <laughs> eventually at least you, you can kind of hide it until you get your first run with that thing uh, so. so what what was your like what, what was your first um gdq that you attended like did you go as a runner, like, was that your first experience? Or I, did you... I went to AGDQ uh, 2014 uh, as an att- attendee. Um, 
So uh, I that while well, I was just there for a few, couple of days, like I think two days. Well, uh, I assume you'd have like friends. Like, would you yeah. have like speedrunning friends that maybe you'd meet for the first time or just catch up with at these yeah. events? Yeah. Yeah, friends that I was meeting for the first time, and I, I, my community wasn't uh, the people I knew uh, directly wasn't a huge amount at that time. I mean, uh, my stream itself didn't grow a whole lot until uh, uh, after AGDQ 2015, where I ran Vanquish. So um, that was that's where it kind of really sort of started. Yeah, that was where I, I'm sure I first saw you was that run because <laughs> I love that game. And the, I mean, it, it seems crass to call it a, a gimmick because it's just that's how you, that's what your life is. But the to see like a speed run of Vanquish one-handed, like that just sounds impossible. And to see <laughs> that you do it with such style as well and such kind of, oh God, the, the kind of the optimism and enthusiasm you show, it's, 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 the, the, the whole package is just so um it's just so brilliant like it's so yeah. lovely it's so uh, encouraging so a uh, sort of uh an interesting backstory to uh that run even getting uh shown um is uh so i had that was i think the fourth or time i had submitted that run uh to uh, gdqs yeah so uh, actually no we, we should talk about that like what is the what is the process then of you so the you process. went as an, an attendee and then mm -hmm. you have to like apply to be a runner. Yes, you have to. It, it is an application process or submission process. Okay. Uh, that takes place uh, months before, uh, several months before the actual event. Um, something like five months or so okay. before, uh, usually. Um, and uh, so you, everyone, everyone is open to submit uh, their games. Uh, as it works now, it has changed somewhat over the past. Uh, used to be kind of you just did it directly into the uh, uh, oh gosh uh, speed demos archive forum right there was just a thread and you put your submissions in that thread uh, now there's like a submission form on the actual games done quick site and uh, it kind of uh, it's it's a smoother process now let's just uh, put it that way um, and so you can submit up to uh, five different games and up to ten different categories uh, so if there's something that you feel like you want to run, you can submit that. So you'll give them, uh, you'll make, you'll give them a run video. Often you can just, you know, submit your personal best or PB as it's, uh, colloquially called. Um, and, uh, or, uh, you might record, uh, an example video with more marathon style commentary. Cause when you got your personal best, you probably weren't doing like how you'll be talking at a marathon you'll instead be talking just general uh you know with your chat and yeah all that or you might be talking about some news of the day or something uh but uh so you might make an example video or with a marathon commentary or something like that why and is it called that, marathon commentary um because so uh these events are called marathons uh the uh, um Okay. Okay. So it's, so because you're trying to, in the, in these events, you're just trying to give the best example of the game itself. You're not really trying to get the best run. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're just trying to give, give it a good presentation, uh, for the uh, audience so that one, it's entertaining, uh, but still a good example of a speed run. Yeah. They don't uh, just want so. someone like being furious yeah. and yes. swearing at the TV so, the whole time. 
And also, like, the run might differ from, like, say, if you're doing a world record attempt, you might not mm-hmm. go for certain strategies that are very risky. Uh, that would, like, say, cost a lot of time if you miss them. Yeah. Uh, things like that. So, you, so it's more about consistency okay. uh, than it is getting the absolute best time. Um, but for... So you'll submit, you'll have your video and a short description uh, of the run, uh, sort of your little pitch uh, of uh, why this is a good game uh, to pick uh, for the marathon. And uh, nowadays, um, over they pretty much always get well over 1,000 submissions. That's crazy. Uh, and uh, out of those, um, uh, you know, you, they pick about 140, 150 uh, games. Uh, that will actually go on the schedule. Um, and then they'll spend about a month or so. At, so, so that process, deciding the games list, uh, they, have, they have to watch. You know, they, have, they have to look over all of these thousand submissions and you know pick through all of those. They have a lot of footage to generally watch. They're often, not, of course, not going to watch the full run, usually. Yeah. Uh, and kind of jump around and look at through all of that. Um, and... Uh, you know, it's a committee of, uh, I think, like six people, maybe uh, one or two more. Um, uh, and it's either five, I think it's actually six, uh, that actually uh, decide the game list. And then they will spend like another month after they've decided that to actually put the schedule together. That's, in- that's insane. Uh, so so your, your Vanquish one, was that was your like fourth time applying? That was, and that was actually rejected. Um so <laughs> well for that year you were rejected I, I, yeah i was rejected for that year uh that's what made that getting in to be such an interesting story um so it they'll actually have stuff they'll accept a certain number of games they'll actually put put other things on backup i wasn't even on backup i wasn't one of on the backup list but uh there was a lot there were actually a lot of people at that point that had uh from me doing other like completely online marathons, not ones where you go in person to a location uh, that had uh, gone behind me and felt that I really deserved a spot. Okay. Uh, And uh, so there was some public outcry of that. And there was also a run that people were very unhappy about getting in, which was a uh, seedless run of Minecraft co-op by two people that were more of Let's players, which is fine. I'm not not going to uh, say that let's players are lesser gamers or anything <laughs> like that. That's not the point. That's not no, 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 point. no. What, but what it's not necessarily being... fitting with the theme of everything else. Yeah. So it, it, it in in the end, they weren't practicing their game. They 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 just weren't practicing, and the uh, staff knew that it just wasn't going to work out with their run. So a couple weeks before the actual event, which is very short notice. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I was just planning. I was planning to go there anyway, but um, you know, uh, and a couple weeks before the event, I got contacted and they asked if I would like to do Vanquish, and uh, they basically replaced that Minecraft run with Vanquish uh, because they're about the same length of the estimate that was given. Okay. Um, so it kind of just worked out, and then and a lot and of people would, say like- it was one of their favorite runs oh of it America. was amazing it was absolutely amazing and like <laughs> how does that how does that like what is your i'm curious like what is your kind of mentality going into that because as you say it's not necessarily kind of a, a competitive thing but also you want to be really good as well like 
and I'm sure you have to practice a lot going into it. So, so what yeah. is your kind of mental state going into something like that, especially for your first one? It's a little hard to remember now exactly for the first one because it's. I'd say I'd say the the nerve the nerves will be there every single time. So the nerves are always each each event. I am going to be nervous, but once I get going, once I'm actually, you know, just doing my thing and giving my commentary and uh, just it uh, that sort of melts away uh, for the most part is and. It just becomes, you know, I'm just playing my game. <laughs> but it's so interesting, the commentary side of it as well, though. Like, does that just develop naturally? Do you actually sort of actively think about what you're going to talk about? Or is it just as you run the game, you kind of develop a kind of script in your mind? That's something that's going to be different for each individual runner. Um, for me, I cannot uh, emulate uh, marathon-style commentary without actually doing a marathon. Um, I can't just sit, sit down on my own stream and uh, do the exact same type of commentary. There's something about the energy of the event that just pulls it out of me, and that's what makes it work. Um, it, it, which might seem a little strange. I mean, I think about it a lot. I think about what I want to cover, the sort of things I might want to say, but I can't really rehearse it. I I, I, I can't do that. And then there are other people. I'll do it live. Friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then there there are good, there are other people that you know will uh, know pretty much exactly what they're going to say, and will actually sort of uh, practice that ahead of time. Uh, what they're just their commentary specifically. Yeah. That again, that just doesn't work for me. I don't know why, but it doesn't. <laughs> and what about so. the kind of the the experience of doing it itself? Because that must be so strange. Like even as someone who kind of speedruns games so much. Um, the the factor of the audience must give it such a different feeling it definitely uh definitely does i mean that's what i would say is sort of the main source of the nerves right uh but that's part of what makes it feel so good <laughs> at least in my experience absolutely yeah i can only uh, imagine that uh sort of uh extra energy that it brings is uh, just an absolutely amazing thing, and uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, we're coming together to sure. That's the focus. The main thing is that we're raising money for charity, right? So they, these events they benefit charities, um, and uh, but it also just feels really good <laughs> to oh, be able yeah. to do that, to be able to uh, have that performance to get that chance. Um, and I, I can't really get enough of it. So. <laughs> and you're 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 currently kind of up for uh, an award, like a gaming personality award, are you not? Yes, and that was uh, quite a surprise as well. Um, that uh, so the trending gamer award from uh, the game game awards. Um, I don't know uh, if it will be uh, still voting would be available by the time you post this. Uh, but when does it close i can try and uh, i can try and push the, uh, up the schedule just to give you a little boost that i mean the voting closes uh december 6th the award show is actually on the 7th um i'll see what i can do i, I reckon i could <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not expecting it so that's why i hadn't really but just even it. being nominated it's a super yeah. super cool thing to, to have oh. no it is awesome it's amazing to be nominated uh it 
kind of it, it was a surprise too because I was just sleeping in that morning <laughs> I didn't know why my phone kept vibrating uh, it's like why am I getting all these notifications of sorts and it was just people being excited that I got nominated for that award I've been <laughs> and since then it's been a little bit of a rough thing because I've had to because you can vote daily you can vote every single day. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I've had make to sure and remind know, everybody every single tweet day. every day that uh, you know you can vote for me. And it's, uh, but that must be so super it, validating, though, because it's not. You, you don't seem to be kind of um, putting anything on. Like you're not. It's not like you're creating a persona. You feel very much how you feel. This all feels very natural. So it's just like, oh yeah, this guy's great. He's just, <laughs> he's a really enjoyable person to sort of watch play video games really yeah, well. It's, it's it is definitely a good signal that you know just to keep doing yeah. what I'm doing. I mean, if like it is a persona, deal. like good job, like it, you're it, really living it, the gimmick. It absolutely is not a persona. <laughs> uh, this, this is this is half co- this is half coordinated. This is Clint Lexa. Uh, it's that's this is just who I am. Um, I don't think I could hold a persona. I'm like <laughs> one of the uh, other nominees. I think is just a completely a persona, but uh, it's just. So, are you going to? Will you be at um, the games of the quick in? Is January is the next one, right? Yes, I will actually be running two games uh, this uh, January at a time that is horrible for me, but probably good for you. Oh, uh, excellent! Over, over across the pond, um, but. Uh, so it's like at 6 a.m. on uh, Friday. Uh, so that would probably be, uh, let's see. That's like afternoon, I think, here? It, it would be something like uh, closer to noon. Yeah, oh, that's perfect. Be. It's like yeah. a, a lunchtime treat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, it's um, I'm running uh, Armed with Wings Rearmed, which I mentioned earlier on, um, which and... Uh, uh, another indie game called Taikir. I'm running them back to back. They're both fairly short runs. Armed with wings should take me uh, 12 minutes or less. Um, and uh, Taikir is like an 18 minute sort of run. Um, they're both very broken in their own ways. Uh, there probably won't be as much. Um, let's see. Uh, technical. Uh, Marvelry, I guess. I don't know how to exactly put it uh, no, compared I know to mean. some I know other runs. Uh, but it's more about how I've broken these games and kind of taken <laughs> them apart uh, than some of the others. Because uh, there's a lot that gets skipped in Tyke here, in particular, like at the very start of the run, we skip half of the game. Uh, just <laughs> one trick, uh, and it's it, it it's just uh, yeah. So they're they're both little indie games. Uh, that's pro- that's why I'm at uh, just uh, six a.m. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. For that, if if it's on schedule, is that, that that's what it depends. So by Friday, you never really know exactly I... if it's going to be a header behind. Uh, so, do you have like um, just to kind of close up? I guess like, do you have a a, a kind of a, a target in mind, like a, a particular game or goal that you have? Um, like to to be like to break records and stuff my goal uh with doing all of this um one is to have fun playing a video game 
Uh, that, Always this the is best just, goal. It's, this is just how I have fun is, uh, again, as we mentioned at the start, is just by improving and uh, that feeling of getting better at a game and uh, understanding the game's intricacies. Um, and two, a big thing that definitely keeps me going with all of this is just doing my best in the hopes that others will also do their best. Um, so I really want that message uh, to get out there for others to just keep going. So, Well, that seems like a beautiful place to finish up, Clint. Um, if there's anything that kind of hasn't come up that you wanted to mention, please do it now or otherwise just let people know where they can find you on the internet and your stream and things like that. Yeah, so uh, I can't really think of anything specific that hasn't been brought up. I'm sure there's something, but uh, we'd be talking all day otherwise. <laughs> um, I'd say uh, you can find me at uh, Twitch, which is uh, my main thing. So uh, twitch.tv slash half-coordinated, just as those words would be spelled on their own, uh, but mashed together. Um, and you also find me on Twitter. Uh, you know, just, uh, I don't know. I can't remember how Twitter does their links, but yes, just Twitter half coordinated. I'm half coordinated basically everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's my YouTube as well, but I don't really do much there. Um, so yeah, mostly the uh, Twitch and the Twitter where you'll find my uh, stuff of interest. Excellent. Um, well, that was that was a treat. Thanks so much, Clint. Was that was that okay for you? No, that was great. Uh, thanks for uh, putting up with my rambling. I oh, no, I it's, it's so good. Place. It's so, so. interesting. 